Welcome to the Sports Ball for Millennials podcast with Louis Schaefer and Louis Januzzi. The time has come. The day is here. We're finally around. Schaefer, I'm telling you, I am uh, looking at my television right now through the door that goes into uh, my bedroom, and uh, DeAndre Hopkins made the spectacular one-handed grab that I just saw. He grabbed it with his right arm, or his left arm, and then scooped it through his leg, and then caught it right around his crotch and came down. It's the most spectacular catch I've ever seen, and yet it didn't count because of a penalty. I was just gonna say it didn't. It didn't even count. I was I was looking to get after some people on Twitter that were calling it a great catch, and then it was like a fine print thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's absolutely it's it's absurd. It's almost a crime that such a catch could actually be declared not even a catch because the play didn't count. Anyway, here we are, sports ball for the millennial. You know, originally I thought it was gonna be sports ball for millennials, and then you made the Facebook page and it was sports ball for the millennial, and I liked it more. So. uh We'll keep it at that. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, for anybody that doesn't know us, uh, my name is Louis Chinuzzi, and my uh, co-host here, Louis Schaefer, has much more experience with broadcasting than I do, but we are going to uh, start our own little uh, Louis Louis podcast segment. We'll be talking about pretty much covering all the hot topics in sports of the day. Uh, our goal is to cater to you, you being the demographic of the people that are in our generation. All right, we're going to span the entirety of the sports fandom spectrum. It doesn't matter if you're a fanatic, if you're a casual sports watcher. It doesn't even matter if you don't even watch sports. What we're going to do is we're going to create a cheat sheet for you. And anything that we tell you about sports, you'll be able to tell your friends that you know about sports. I mean, it's the perfect equation, right, Lewis? Absolutely. Absolutely. No, yeah. no one will have to be the John of their friend group. <laughs> That's right. That's right. We have a friend, John, who <laughs> is just incompetent in all sports, and hopefully he'll listen to this podcast and he'll become educated on everything that is the need know. Um, the different thing that's going to be with our show than any other show, segments, games, trivia. At random points during this uh, broadcast, I am just going to throw trivia at Lewis's way. And um, if he doesn't get it right, he's just going to be completely embarrassed. And I hope that um, I hope that his family will accept him back after the absolute torture i'm gonna to put him through in today's show anyway let's get right to it uh we'll go we'll go right to uh well lewis what do you want to do we can do the wheel we can do the hot topics we can do the trivia right away we can do some pro picks we can even do your college football if you want to do that it doesn't matter to me let's start off hot let's go with some hot takes all right hot takes it is this is sports ball hot takes brought to you by nobody but if you uh, leave us a little comment or uh, post on our Facebook page or anything, uh, you can just be our sponsor. doesn't matter. You don't have to give me money. I'll just put your name there. You know, it's all about audience participation. That's all that matters. All right. So in this segment, Sports Ball Hot Takes, what I'm going to do is I'm going to give Lewis a convoluted statement pretty much. You ready for some sentences? These all have subject, predicate, agreement. So I hope you're ready. First hot take, the New York Giants are going to end up with a top five pick in the draft. Without a doubt. They are pitiful. 
And if this week has shown us anything, they're throwing in the towel in the season. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, they gave up every single major defensive player, minus maybe Landon Collins and Janoris Jenkins, I suppose, if you consider him still a viable corner. Um, but if they give, if they were to give away Collins, which is the rumors, man, forget it. Yeah, it's yeah. The, the second, you know, Eli Apple, whatever. He wasn't that good. New Orleans wants to give us a draft pick for him, by all means. The second they moved on from Snacks, that was the sign that. Yeah, no, I mean, without, I mean, that was probably the major defensive key to having the run defense that we had, any type of run defense that we might have had. Um, but other than that, I mean, it's it's sad. Let me let me throw you some stats about the New York Giants actually that I found online. The New York Giants, even with Saquon Barkley as their number two pick and him being an elite running back now, the Giants are last in rushing attempts. They're thirtieth in rushing yards. They're twenty seventh in points found. I mean, this offense was supposed to be explosive. You could blame Eli Manning. You could definitely blame the offensive line because Eli's responsible, obviously, for the passing game. But when the rushing game isn't going and stuff, you have nobody else to blame but the offensive line. Saquon Barkley is a generational talent. You cannot pin the fact that he can't run the ball um, on the fact that the Giants are in the bottom five in both attempts and rushing yards. And you don't even need a great offensive line like, like what Dallas used to have and what Oakland used to have. You know, there is no real all-pros on Pittsburgh's offensive line. And, you know, we've seen Le'Veon Bell and now James Conner. You don't need a Pro Bowl, you know, perennial all-pro offensive line. And the Giants can't even scrap that up. No, for real, yeah. I mean, it's 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 upsetting. And, and, and for the viewers at home and the viewers anywhere that are listening, uh, Lewis and I are both Giants fans, uh, it's rough watching a team that went 11-5 and two years ago. It almost seems like a fluke season at this point that they were even able to go that. I mean, their points found their points for that season were uh, not good at all, but their defense was completely standout. Yeah, you thought that this season the defense wasn't going to be all that good, but they completely changed the offensive line, completely redone it. And uh, they drafted Saquon Barkley because they thought that they could win now. They thought that Eli Manning was serviceable. They thought this offensive line could be fixed. They had Odell. Uh, Sterling Shepard, which is a very quality wide receiver too. Add Saquon Barkley to that mix. Have Evan Ingram, who is pretty much technically a wide receiver that can block pretty well. Um, yeah. And that offense, that offense should be one of the most explosive in the NFL. And, and yet all it is is just Eli throwing checkdowns and just praying to God that Saquon Barkley can break off a 50-60 to 60 yard run. Other than that, this team is just... Uh, I mean, you could add now over the last three games that Eli Manning just throws little crossing patterns to Odell and you just hope that he can just run down the field. But, I mean, this team's 1-6. And, and and what seems to be even more frustrating is, you know, looking back at the offseason, yeah, they signed Solder to help out. They signed Omame to well, help out. They didn't just sign Solder. They gave him the most money out of any offensive <laughs> lineman in the entire NFL, in, in the history of the NFL. They gave this guy career money. This is resetting the offensive line market. And he's he's yep. nowhere near even a he's not not only not a Pro Bowler he's almost not even he's barely serviceable at this point. I mean the offensive line is so terrible that all of them look almost incompetent. Maybe minus Will Hernandez because he's a rookie, but Solder is not the key proponent in the offensive line that we that we were hoping for at all. And and I think the problem is, you know, truthfully, is that they wanted Norwell that you know ended up signing with Jacksonville, right. the guy from the Panthers, right? Gettleman in Carolina, Gettleman drafted him, you know, I think they really did genuinely want Norwell they were so focused on him that in the course of losing him to Jacksonville, you also lost Pew and Richburg, 
shoulder was you know almost like the consolation prize. Like they got you know we needed something. We need we needed to look like we were trying to improve it a little bit. Yeah, Justin and Pugh was a really good lineman too. That was that was too bad. They they had to let him go and had to get rid of him. And especially when you're trying to build the team around a running game. And, you know, granted, Barkley can do a hell of a lot more than just running. You you know catch the ball out of the backfield and whatever. Um, but the interior of the offensive line is the biggest thing. You know, that was where Pugh and Richburg were. Whatever, they whiffed on Norwell, and he probably would have played the other guard spot. But if you have Pugh and Richburg and then Omame in the middle of that line, it's not as bad. You know, and Barkley has some more space to run around in. Yeah, you would have still started the year with Flowers. You probably... <laughs> That probably you definitely don't get sold if you if you resign Pew and Richburg. It, it it does. It almost feels like they swung and missed three times and yeah. then had to settle for Solder. Yeah, when I think back about uh, Eric Flowers, like the, I felt right when they got rid of him, I thought, okay, we're changing the culture now. It's gonna be different. I can't wait. And then they lost and they lost again. And all of a sudden, they're starting to get rid of all these defensive people. The New York Giants are completely revamping. They thought they could win this season. It's not happening. And oh, yeah, it's absolutely. fire it's fire sale time. And you know, you're kinda absolutely. happy that they got rid of people like Flowers. Eli Apple was starting to look better, but I mean, at this point, when you have a defense that's so incompetent, they're not gonna re sign Eli Apple at this point. They're not gonna they're definitely not gonna keep Janoris Jenkins, so that's why they're looking to trade him right now. Landon Collins would be the only proponent of that defense that I could even see them keeping, but I mean, they're even there's even uh rumors that they're thinking about letting him go, so who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? All right, Lewis, let's go for one more hot take. You ready? Yeah. All right, we're going we're gonna to switch it up from football. We're going to go to baseball. Uh, Bryce Harper, not Manny Machado, will be a New York Yankee next season. It, that That is a giant game of chicken, uh, you know, $500 million game of chicken as who's going to blink first. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. It's kind of like um, who did that this season? Uh, was it, wasn't it uh, Gurley and, oh, it was Gurley, pretty much Gurley and, Le'Veon almost, I and mean, Gurley signed that huge deal with the Rams, and now Le'Veon's playing the game of chicken with the Steelers. Like, hey, he was able to get money with the Rams, and I think I'm better than him. So you're going to give me this money, or I'm not going to play. And that's yeah, pretty, that's yeah. yeah, that's what I'm seeing. I don't think the Yankees are going to sign Machado. I think that they might sign Harper if they're able to get a deal in which they're able to deal Ellsbury. Yeah, no, I definitely agree with that. I think the Yankees with Ellsbury's contract are in one of those situations where, you know, yeah, Harper's going to get. 30 35 million dollars on the open market a year you know maybe high 20s if you give harper 30 but then take away ellsbury's you know 19 you're really only netting an 11 million dollar gain over a guy that didn't play it all this year for you right now i mean yeah yeah it's insane that contract is one of the most ridiculous contracts baseball has ever seen to be honest i mean in the history of baseball it may be one of the top 10 biggest busts in contract deals ever um, yeah, yeah. I, I think the thing with Machado, though, to get back, it's an interesting dynamic for me. He's not going to get the money that everybody thought he would get. Because right. then you're talking maybe he takes a one-year deal, keeps his mouth shut, plays the way he's capable of, and goes and cashes in next year. Oh, with laborious well, hurting. Yeah, but what are the chances yeah. that Machado is going to take a one-year deal? Even if it's for the Yankees, and even if it's for something like $60 million for the year. I mean, this guy, I mean, he's probably thinking of long-time security. I mean, Robinson Cano got a great deal with the Yankees, but he wanted uh, he wanted the, you know, 10-year, 12-year, whatever contract. And so he was fine with going to the Mariners and just being non-competitive. He'd just been at the yeah. Mariners just kind of wasting his life away. And just, he, he could be at the Yankees right now making a little less money, still on like an eight-year contract and being competitive every season. He could have helped them be competitive at least. Um, 
but he just wanted he wants the security. That's what Le'Veon wants. That's what all these players want at this point. Um, I don't know. I, I just don't. I don't see Machado going for any type of contract other than eight years. I mean, I, I just I don't think any of these players want to play for one team specifically that badly. You hear me? That's 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 just kind of what my opinion is. I, I think guess. Machado more than anybody could have a preference purely based off of not that Baltimore is a small market, but when you compare it to New York or Boston or LA, he's yeah. kind of had both experiences. You know, yeah. if he prefers the small market, sign a ten-year contract with you know Seattle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. do that matter. Right. But if he prefers the big market, he could. You know, if the Yankees want him or the Mets or something, could very well come to New York and and, and play. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, yeah. what do you think experience. the chances? Yeah, what do you think the chances are that the Mets sign one of those guys? Do they even have the? Do they even have the the money in there after they spent all that money on Todd Frazier? Supposedly they have Todd Frazier. Supposedly they have the money. Supposedly, the owner came out and said, you know, it was a philosophy thing from the old GM because he was an he was like an assistant with Oakland or something. Hey, it don't matter, man. It doesn't matter what Frazier's average is. He's a great locker room guy. Great locker room guy. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. Thumbs down. Yeah, great locker room guy. <laughs> All right. yeah, I, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if they're in talks. I don't think they'll land anybody. Yeah. Yeah, well. We're going to move on from this, and we're going to go to some trivia. All right, Lewis. So what's going to happen is i got three different categories for you. Easy, medium, and hard. I'll give you the easy one. Uh, these should be so easy. If you can't get these, uh, we might have to stop after episode one. They're They're so blatantly obvious. You might have to give that money back from Quizzo. Yeah, yeah, you might, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, All right. Two easy questions for you. All right. Last weekend, this quarterback beat out Kurt Warner's record for most touchdowns thrown by a quarterback in their first eight games. I'm sticking to Mahomes. Yeah, that's right. Ding, ding, ding. Patrick Mahomes has been – he looks also like a generational talent. He looks like Saquon Barkley to the running back position right now. As like the new kid on the block, I would say is the equivalent to Patrick Mahomes to the quarterback position. But the only difference is, is that the quarterback position is the most important position in the NFL, while the running back position just isn't. I mean, in the NFL today, it's all about the quarterback. It's all about the pass rusher, the offensive line. Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, it's it, it's one of those things for me. I need to see you know year two, year three from Mahomes. Yeah. You know, Kareem Hunt was good last year's rookie year. He's still good. Yeah. Camaro was good last year, still good. Barkley's good. Yeah. Hopefully that trend continues. Yeah, and Derek Carr had an amazing Carr season, and then all of a sudden year got paid, and now is yeah. is awful. Oh, not awful, but think of Brock Osweiler right now. My Honestly, goodness, he's getting absolutely ripped apart by the Texans right now. But we'll go on to the next easy question. Get ready for this one. It's his twentieth birthday, actually, this Saturday. So uh, today's the twenty fifth. So. 27th happy 20th birthday to this teenager this season he broke a crazy amount of records here's each one most multi-home run games by a teenager most walks by a teenager highest ops and obs by a teenager youngest player to steal three bases in a game and he tied this individual (laughs) uh, for second most home runs by a teenager in a season at 22 home runs Juan Soto oh yeah Oh yeah, ding ding ding! It's crazy how I, I only crazy know how... he did it against the Mets most of it. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, for someone to make it up that young, like when they when they do what they did, you know what Soto did at nineteen, it, it sticks out. I yeah. was flipping back and forth with him and uh, what's his name uh, Acuna in Atlanta, but mm, yeah, Ronald Acuna. He's he is he's also a really good player. 
we're going to come back to this trivia in a second. I'll, I'll, I'll trick the hell out of you in a bit. But now, we're going to move on to the infamous wheel. There is this music video of a guy, and he's just singing this song that he created called Sports Ball. And it's three minutes long, and he just says Sports Ball over and over again. And I found it, and I went, this has to be in the drop for the Sports Ball intro. Um, oh, and an FYI to anybody listening, uh, every intro that I'm playing, Lewis can't hear. Because there's just something wrong with our uh, connection. So Lewis is imagining how epic these drops are. So just make sure that you message him. <laughs> message him and tell him how amazing they are and how good I am at editing. So what's going to happen is I'm going to spin this wheel that I have here. And I have 10 different teams on this wheel. We'll go through like three or four, something like that. I'll spin this wheel. We'll talk generally about it. Tell people what our thoughts are about it. And uh, yeah, we got everything here. We got baseball, basketball, football. We got every type of sports ball you could imagine. Um, So let's spin it. Wow. The Philadelphia Eagles, Lewis. The what? Philadelphia Eagles. I, I can make a lot of people mad here. <laughs> as, as two Giants fans, we, we get heated about the Eagles, but we will be so objective. Um, no, but uh, the Eagles uh, last weekend, I could not believe what I was seeing. Uh, I couldn't believe it. Carson Wentz looked completely refreshed. He looked uh, brand new. He looked like he was his old self from last season. The weekend before, he looked like he was back. But also, it was against the Giants, so it is what it is. But they are up by 17 points in the fourth quarter, and Cam Noon and the Panthers stomp right back into it. They were The Panthers were inept for three quarters of football. And the Eagles, who, have a, who are supposed to have a stellar defense, I mean, they have a lot of key good players on that defense. And they let Cam Newton in that Panthers offense, which isn't that good. Just stomp on them. The defending Super Bowl champions just melted. Uh, I've never seen really anything like that this season. Um, I, I was I was stunned. Uh, the question that I have for you, Lewis, is should the Eagles hit the panic button on this? Is it time to like really start digging in deep? Is it time to really give up like a first or a second round pick to get Le'Veon or something crazy? Like because right now they aren't good they are not in first place in a division which is terrible yeah division's bad division's real bad um you know i I don't think it's time for panic button necessarily um the team's pretty much intact um you know i think the biggest thing for me is that there's clearly a depth issue because they did pay foals for a stretch they gave them a nice little hefty bonus Mm -hmm. i don't even think they need to go get a Le'Veon or something they just need someone that peterson can can trust you know, at this point, I it could be Jamal yeah. Charles. <laughs> Jamal Charles, yeah. Wow, it genuinely can be. Honestly, it genuinely could be Jamal Charles. They, they win that game if they just run the ball a little bit, run the score up on Carolina. Evidently, with Wentz throwing the ball all over the place, and but the clock stops when you don't complete the pass. So, yeah, nah. I mean, that was that was a mistake. But also, I mean, do you expect them to be an elite rushing group with Wendell Smallwood and Corey Clement? I mean, I mean, they're both quality rushers, but that would be almost like when the Giants were trying to run the ball with Gallman and um, <laughs> Orleans Darkwa. It's like you have two solid rushers, but none of them are elite. None of them are going to, you know, guarantee the fact that you're going to have a second and six, second and five. 
they're not going to get when you're third and one or fourth and one you can't just trust them and give them the ball kind of thing that's what the eagles yeah. kind of need they had that in jay Ajayi and well that's why they traded for him and he was a key component of them winning and now he's out that that's the thing like i said they don't jay Ajayi's good he's not leaving on bell no you know, they yeah. need they you know they need someone the caliber of you know well we're having a fire sale give him jonathan stewart yeah right yeah I yeah, I can't believe that the Giants still have someone reliable that knows situations, you know. Le'Veon Bell, if he gets traded, you know, Eagles for me, you know, besides the point is that they're not in the long game with him. You know, he, if yeah. he's getting traded, he's going to want to sign. Yeah. You know, he's not playing still. He's Whether it's for Pittsburgh or Cincinnati, he's not playing for that franchise tag. Oh, yeah, no, he is. If he gets traded, that team has to. It's the same thing as um, Khalil Mack. If he's getting traded, he has to have a contract. That's the deal. But also, Le'Veon's being real weird about it with the whole... Um, he's kind of telling the Steelers... He's kind of negotiating with them. There's this whole thing about the franchise tag, and if uh, he comes in and he starts playing, the Steelers have the ability to give him like a, like a two-week fitness kind of thing. So like they'll pay him for two weeks, but he won't be on the roster. But yet he will be, just because that if a player comes in mid-season and starts playing, uh, you can give them a two-week kind of buffer in which they can, you know, hit the gym and get fit again. Um, and I'm not sure if Le'Veon's against that or he's for that. I would suspect he'd probably be for that and telling the Steelers that they'd better do that to him so that he gets less. He can still get paid um, but not have to play because yeah. he want, the whole idea is preserving his health. I mean, if it wasn't for preserving his health, he, he would have been back already. Oh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's spin this wheel again. Uh, Ohio State, Lewis, you wanna you wanna take this away? Do you wanna yes. do you have anything you wanna say about Ohio State? I got it. They still control their own destiny. They still control their own destiny. You know, but you know when I look at the schedule, still have Michigan State, still have Michigan. They already have the win over Penn State. They mm-hmm. go to the Big Ten title game. Mm-hmm. The East always whips Wisconsin or Iowa in the end. Sorry, Gluck. Um, <laughs> you know, and then the schedule if they aside from Purdue which evidently Drew Brees came back for that game to play quarterback <laughs> um not gonna keep them out of the playoff no I, I don't think it'll I, I, I agree if they win out and they win the uh if they win the title uh yeah they'll be in but the the another thing that I looked up about Ohio State which is really funny they came out with the odds on who's going to be the head coach next season Oh, man. And, and you should be interested in this. This is actually uh, pretty interesting. You can get these odds in New Jersey. You can go to a sports book. You can go um, and actually put a bet on this. Uh, I'll tell you. I'll tell you one thing though. That's funny. I'll tell you the other people. Brian Kelly is sixteen to one. Lane Kiffin is eighteen to one, and Bill Belichick oh, is fifty to one. <laughs> it's it's hilarious. The, the odds for for odds for Urban Meyer to stay at Ohio State are five to four. Technically, he's favored to stay, but the fact that they even have this right now is is pretty crazy. The fact that Ohio State all of a sudden they went from the first team to win a national championship with the new playoff system, and now after the whole thing with uh, Zach Smith, the whole thing with the domestic violence issue, and now losing not just losing but getting you know rightfully beaten by Purdue. Uh, it wasn't like a field goal at the end kind of Appalachia State Michigan thing, but it was uh, it was a brutal loss. And now they're lower than Penn State, right? And they beat Penn State. Okay. Yeah. 
Yeah. So. Yeah, we're, I think we're playing Penn State right now. Yeah, but if they were to, uh, wait, that's the same thing with Notre Dame though. If Notre Dame were to lose any of the rest of their games, they'd go lower than Michigan because Michigan's five and they're number three, even though they beat Michigan. But I'll tell you one thing: if they don't have an amazing season this year, I wouldn't be surprised if Ohio State decided to part ways for some reason, only because of the controversy that went about this season. All right, let's spin this wheel one more time, shall we? Yeah, let's do it. The Boston Red Sox, in one word, can you describe the Boston Red Sox? Domination. The the Red Sox are almost unstoppable at this point. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with you on that. They're phenomenal. I mean, it's uh it's crazy how their infield their infield aren't the best fielders, but I I think their outfield may be the best fielding and hitting outfield I have ever seen in my life. And I'm only 23. So I haven't seen a crazy amount of baseball. I don't usually, re- I don't really remember the golden years of the Yankees, like until I was like six or seven. But this outfield for the Red Sox is out of this world. And if I were the Red Sox, I would pay any amount of money to keep them together for as long as possible. And that includes Jackie Bradley Jr. And I cannot believe I'm saying that. <laughs> yeah, no, they're they're ridiculous. They're awesome. It's their lineup is stocked. You know, every single guy can hit. You know, normally. You, you know, a good lineup will be able to hit water if he fell out of a boat. The catcher can't hit, you know. It's crazy. Vas- it's Vas- their, their catcher, Vasquez, he couldn't hit really most of the season, and then he comes into the playoffs, and he was smacking home runs. Uh, was it in the ALCS? Um, he was hitting great. He was hitting what the Yankees wanted Gary Sanchez to do. I mean, he was he was playing like an elite, elite catcher. I don't know. It just seems and, like everything's going well for them. Nothing's going wrong. And, and and it's so funny that, you know, they have normally, you know, it would sink an American League team. You know, you're playing one of your arguably your best player out of position for three games because Martinez is batting the lineup. They're evidently going to play bets at second and he has no problem. with. It. Yeah, right. No, it, it's I, I've never I've never seen it before. I mean, they, it just everybody said, at least the media and I even agreed uh, the Yankees announced the Yankees announcer Michael Kay and all these other people in New York and you know New York will be biased but they were all saying like you know the Red Sox had a good season but they just don't have the starting pitching sales injured price sucks in the playoffs their bullpen is not good Kimbrell is very spotty they just they defy all the media they defy all their criticism I mean they had the most wins in major leagues this season um, and they have like you know Ben Attendee uh, Betts and JD all hitting above 300, all hitting all these RBIs. Uh, all of them can play the outfield very competently, and two of them elite gold glovers this season. They should be, especially with the show that I know they're not supposed to count the postseason, but Ben Attendee this postseason. I mean, the grabs that he's made, uh, it, it's just sometimes there'll be like one or two plays that a person makes. He makes them every game. These diving catches that if he if the ball gets past him, I mean, it's a double, triple, maybe even inside the park home run. He snags it. Yeah, I mean, the epitome of that is the Bregman one in in uh, game five or game four against Houston. Yeah. Just dove right out and snagged. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, yeah. And I hate saying it as a, as a Yankees fan, but the Red Sox are almost unstoppable. And they might sweep this. They they might, I, depending on the game tomorrow. If the Red Sox win tomorrow night, then my bet is that they sweep it. I don't see the Dodgers coming and winning game four. Uh, 
But if they lose, then I then I could totally see it going back to Boston, them winning it out. But I, I don't see a way that the Dodgers come back into this unless they were to sweep at home, which, I mean, I I just don't see that happening at all. Yeah, they, they absolutely. They would have to somehow, like you said, I don't see any way Boston can lose three in a row, but they'd have to sweep at home and then hope they can grab one in Fenway. They're a good team. They're a good, good team. And you know what? It's, it's kind of hard because uh, – you know, as as uh, our friend Mike, he's a big uh, Milwaukee Brewers fan, and he just hates Manny Machado's guts right now, and I kind of do too. Um, he's been really annoying to watch. He's been uh, he's been a terrible sport. Uh, that trip that he did to kick that first baseman's leg, it, it's like, you know, I was thinking back to the uh, that slide by uh, Chase Utley a few years back when he slid into second base and he uh, he injured. Uh, that infielder for the Mets, right? NLDS. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it was a dirty, dirty slide. He ended that guy's, uh, he, he didn't, did that guy come back in the World Series? Effectively, it ended his career. Oh, man. Really, because, you know, his leg, he wasn't due back until, you know, June. So the Mets went out and got Estrubal Cabrera. Yeah, and then they cut him, and then you know he bounced around the minor leagues for a couple of years, and then he's gone. It's it's crazy, it's crazy. And the thing with the thing with the with the Utley thing, it, it was crazy dirty. Um, and what he did was, yeah, I guess from what you're telling me, yeah, it ended that guy's career, and that's insane. Um, and Machado just taking his foot and kicking that guy right in the ankle like that. I mean, I'm sure that his ankle can withhold something that guy works out every day and attempts to put his body in the best shape possible, but that's all it takes. A dirty play like that, kicking somebody in the ankle, it just lands weirdly, hits the right tendon, hits the right bone, hits the right nerve, whatever it might be, and that might end that guy's rest of his season, rest of his career maybe. You know, Machado could even, when he's while he's doing that, he could twist his ankle. I just don't... It's the temperament that he needs to control and... That's why, as a Yankees fan, I don't need that. You know, I had we had Alex Rodriguez and his whole thing, and Cano and his whole thing, and Cano would do this thing. Same thing as Machado. They wouldn't run to first base. They grounded the ball. They'd be like, oh, I'm not going to run to first base because I want to save myself for when I hit a home run, and then I could do the same thing I'm doing to first base now, it, just trotting along and jogging along and not trying, and I'm done with it. I, I don't I don't think the Yankees need another home run hitter. Uh, I mean, they certainly have plenty of that. Yeah, they certainly have plenty of that. Yeah, and you don't need and you don't need the attitude. And, sure. and 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 that's the thing is that you know, like you said with Utley, dirty, yes, but in the grand scheme of things, he was trying to break up a double play. His ethics weren't too great about it, but he Machado was out. You know, he wasn't you know hustling to beat out. As he said, he's not Johnny Hustle. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, he, he he wasn't hustling to try to beat it out and then accidentally kick the you know, accidentally kick the guy like you were out by a solid. Five feet. Yeah, no, and he—you could see it in it. He kicked him. He did yeah. not. That was not a misstep. He saw. He made eye contact with the guy's ankle. He kicked him. He kept running. I don't know. And he per, and he has himself attested to the fact that he doesn't run hard in the first base. He's admitted it. He's just like that's just through the play. That's just the player I am, and I don't care because I hit three hundred and I hit all these home runs and all these RBIs and I don't need to run to first base when I hit a ground ball in the case that it's a you know, a wild throw or whatever. I'm just going to let them take their time because I'm a great player and you're going to pay me $40 million anyway. That kind of attitude could just be poisonous. All right. 
Back to trivia. You ready, Lewis? We're going on to another medium question, and then we got some hard questions. And actually, the trivia is one thing. It's one thing to ask you questions and embarrass you, but the second thing, which is great, is that it's kind of like our own, you know, nightly news network where I'll just start, you know, spewing different random news topics. So that's kind of fun. Uh, Adam Vinatieri. He just got injured, actually. Um, so he's going to be, uh, you know, I, I think the Colts have just signed somebody for the week because I don't think Vinatieri's going to be playing. Um, but he is 20 points away. 20 points away from breaking the all-time record in points scored. Who is first in that? Who holds the record for most points scored? Um, it's obviously going to be a kicker. Yeah, I was going to say, it's definitely a kicker. Got to be. So it's Anderson? Morton Anderson? You're right. It's Morton Anderson. Lewis, you're on fire, man. That's four in a row today. <laughs> but yeah, Morton Anderson. I mean, to think that uh, we grew up watching maybe the greatest kicker of all time, Adam Vinatieri, Mr. Clutch, uh, even if he was playing for a team like the Patriots, it is, uh, it's pretty phenomenal to watch. I mean, I, I remember the first time I played fantasy football, and then when it came down to the last, or it came down to the second to last round, and I was like, should I draft like a wide receiver or a tight end? I was like, no. I'm taking Adam Vinatieri because he's the best kicker, and I would take him. And it didn't really translate to fantasy ever, but I felt noble about it because I was like, you know what? My wide receivers suck. I have one good running back, and my quarterbacks suck, but I got the best kicker in the league. That's all I care about. All right. Lewis, these are hard. I don't know if you're going to get these. I didn't even know these, but I wrote them down. The second one actually is more of a news story and just a fake trivia question. But this first one is a real one. If you get this, Lewis, I'm going to come over to your house and I'm going to kiss you because it's it's almost I, – I don't see anybody getting it. All right, Adam Thielen tied the record for most consecutive games of 100-plus receiving yards last weekend. Seven weeks in a row, 100 receiving yards each game. He's, he's a necessity for that Vikings offense. Anyway, it's the first time in the Super Bowl era that anybody has accomplished that feat of seven games in a row of 100 yards a game. But somebody – before the Super Bowl era, in 1961, also had seven weeks in a row of 100-plus receiving yards. Can you name that wide receiver? It's a tough one. There's there's no way I would have even thought of the name. but I, I, I know I saw it on the pregame before the Giants game on Monday. <laughs> Do you remember the team? Do you remember the division? Okay, division is no. NFL or AFL, so you can just guess which one it might have been. Um, I'd go NFL. Uh, it's the AFL. You suck, Sad. I found it. Charlie Hennigan with the Houston Oilers. Ah, uh, okay. 1961. Has seven weeks in a row of 100-plus receiving yards. Now, if Thielen's able to get 100 yards this weekend, which I'm sure he will, uh, he will be the only person ever in the history of the NFL to have 100-plus receiving yards in eight straight games, which is phenomenal, being it's Adam Thielen. It's not just this... It's not just a huge wide receiving superstar that came out of college. This guy, I don't know. Adam Thielen to the Vikings is like, I don't know, Victor Cruz to the Giants, kind of, but at a much yeah. larger scale. Um, yeah, Thielen's almost a household name at this point. You're going to be seeing Adam Thielen being drafted top five in all fantasy leagues next season. Him and Antonio Brown. Um, all right. I have one more question, but really it's a it's really interesting what happened. 
Do you know the referee Hugo Cruz? He's a down judge in the NFL. He was fired last week for performance-related reasons. Uh, he missed a Chargers false start, which led to them scoring a touchdown on the exact play. Rough day. He just missed a false start call. The left tackle, who was playing in you know Nate Soldier's role, kind of for the for the Chargers, he completely stepped backwards at least a full second before the ball was snapped, and he totally missed it, and the NFL fired him immediately. You could count the number on one hand. How many referees have been fired mid-season in the Super Bowl era? Oh, in the middle. What are you going to do, three? Yeah, three. Ooh, you suck! It's wrong. You know what the funny thing about it is? It's the first time ever a referee <laughs> has ever been fired mid-season in the NFL. First time since uh, what Super Bowl are we at now? 52? 53? I don't even know. I don't know what Super Bowl number we're at. But whatever number we're at right now, it's been that many years and not one referee has ever been fired mid-season before. And this guy missed a, a, a false start penalty that led to a Chargers touchdown. And him immediately. <laughs> and, and yeah, terminated immediately. Crazy. Never seen anything like it. You want to talk a little college football to wrap this up? Davis is going to run it all the way back! Auburn's going to win the football game! College football playoff rankings. <laughs> you can't hear it, but it's the saddest marching band you've ever heard in your life. It's so sad. It's just a really bad, sad marching band that's playing. Oh, man. You'll love it when you hear it. All right, go for it, Lewis. Yeah, definitely. So, well more than halfway through the season, each team has you know, maybe four or five games left. Um, you know, So, it's kind of at right now obviously the playoff uh heisman and then you know potential draft guys we'll get to that you know at some other time uh justin herbert looking at you with the heisman it, it's really really wide open this year you know obviously you have you know tua at alabama it's so damn good that he only has to play half of a game i mean I, the only the only people that i see in the heisman race to to be perfectly honest would be tua and kyler murray and then dwayne haskins who you mentioned before as mm, is it wrong to say a distant third? And I'd put him at like a distant third right now. He's not up there with with Tua and uh, Kyler. There's, there's that one running back. Uh, oh, a Stanford running back. Um, whatever his name was, he he's supposed to be. He was supposed to be incredible this season, and then um, oh, yeah, Bryce, no, no, Bryce, cool. Bryce Love. Bryce Love yeah. was uh, wasn't he a finalist last season? I believe he was. Yeah. Yeah, and and now he's not even on the top ten radar. I mean, the guy's completely fallen off the map. Um, he should have declared for the draft <laughs> at this point. I yeah. mean, yeah, I mean, I don't know. He's not even uh, – I'm looking up the uh, top ten right now. He's – well, at least on ESPN and on College Football Pro, he's not even – not even listed here. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it, it, it's tough because it's, you know and, – and this makes me – you know, that was my thing with us taking Barkley was that very rarely is a running back this good available. In the mm-hmm. last couple of years, there were with Gurley, Gordon, mm-hmm. Elliott, Barkley. Felt like Barkley was the last one for a while, so we had to grab him all we could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I couldn't agree more. Yeah, like you said, Tua, Murray, maybe you know Haskins as like a fringe third. If I had to pick a fourth, I'd probably say either Greer or McSorley uh, from Penn State. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. McSor- you know, the interesting McSorley's one here for me is is Oliver from Houston, the defensive tackle. The fact that a D tackles even like in the conversation is amazing to me. Um, yeah, uh, I'm looking, you know, I'm looking at his stats right now. Yeah, he's uh, 
against, uh, let's see, he had a, this season he's played seven games, 51 tackles, three sacks. I guess he's the sole reason that that defense is holding on uh, to dear life at this point. And he's, that Houston's playing well. He's he's probably one of the few things they have going for them. Um, <laughs> not their not their schedule. To a you know quarterback, you can have a bad game and really screw yourself. Dwayne Haskins, um, <laughs> you know he looked like a lock to be you know maybe even top two. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Purdue game happened. Yeah, no, and because of the Purdue game, I'm also looking that Rondale Moore has snuck into the conversation big time as a wide receiver candidate, and I bet that it has to do. I bet it definitely has to do with game that he had against oh, Ohio yeah. State. I mean, Absolutely. let's see let's see the stats right here. 14 yards per reception, 170 receiving yards, two receiving touchdowns. You know, he was he was big time for them. He was big time for them. You know, anytime it's really been a defensive player being even talked about, it's, you know, a corner or a safety or, you know, like a middle linebacker when Teo was going for it. Yeah, right, yeah. I still think Teo should have won. We're, we're, we're talking trenches. Like, this is like if <laughs> – if uh, you know Nate Solder was going for MVP, oh my goodness, that's the last and thing I want to hear. Snacks Harrison, the MVP of the league. Like, oh my gosh, forget it. I'm gonna throw up. You're making me throw up. <laughs> you know, and, and and I haven't looked at their schedule, but I'm pretty sure you know a small conference like that. They probably play UCF, who likes to talk a lot of crap. Uh, well, yeah, but that even if they go undefeated this season and last season, like they went undefeated last season, if they go undefeated this season, if they go undefeated the next season, with that schedule, you got to have teams that you got to have every team in the NCAA at least lose three games in order for them to even have a shot at getting into the playoff. It's ridiculous. Absolutely, uh, and I completely agree with you. Oliver's case, when they play UCF, mm-hmm. if somehow Houston's the one to knock them off for the first time in two years reason why that's going to help him tremendously yeah no i agree yeah i bet i bet all the uh college football playoff people would just be like thank you very much everybody give him all the votes he's done our <laughs> job you. for us we don't, we don't to... need to be tweeted at when we leave them out of the playoff again <laughs> thank don't, you yeah. you don't need to listen to these plebs anymore we're so done um <laughs> we yeah. don't need to give out hats at the peach bowl that say national yeah. champions <laughs> thank yeah. you all right well we are up against the clock so we'll go to our last segment and that is Pro Picks. You played in the NFL. What's longer, a half or 5 eighths? Pro Picks. Nobody can do it like I can. <laughs> uh, you weren't able to hear it, Lewis, but uh, I have a uh, <laughs> I have a call of Joe Buck as wondering what's more, 5 eighths or a half, and I lowered and distorted his voice a bit. And then it ends with Chris Collinsworth going, no one can do it like I can. So <laughs> <laughs> as good as it gets. All right, so pretty much Pro Picks. You know, in New Jersey, where I live, it's legal to make money on sports gambling. And now that the Jerseyers are starting to get into it, it's important for us to let you all know on what picks to take and what picks to look at for the week. Now, uh, what Lewis and I are going to do is we're going to take one per one team that's favored and one team that's the underdog, and we're going to pick them for the week. And uh, I'm just going to start it right away. Because I have been so antsy to take this, and I, I'm telling you, this is a pick you're gonna want to take out to dinner. You're gonna want to give them a nice, nice bottle of wine, and you're gonna want to sit down and pay as much money as you want, because this is going to be the pick for you. The New York Giants play the Washington Redskins, and somehow, some way, on the New Jersey sports book on ESPN, the Giants are favored by a point. How? 
How are the Giants favored against the Redskins by a point? It is mind-boggling. If you don't get online and take the Redskins right now against the Giants, I, I don't know if I can call you any type of sports fan. The Giants just got rid of their entire defense. They, they can't stop the run anymore. They, I, who do they have? They have a Janoris Jenkins who can't cover everybody. They have Landon Collins at safety. He was up in the Pro Bowl, but that's about it. And they got Alec Ogletree. What is he doing this season? I mean, he has a few tackles. That's about it. They can't cover anybody. That defense is awful. Oh, and don't even get me started on the offense. Take the Redskins right now. The Redskins are not going to lose this game. If they do lose this game, it would be a huge upset. I don't understand how the Giants can be favored. The next pick I'm going to take, pretty much what I did was uh, <laughs> I took the Redskins, and so therefore that's my underdog pick, which is insane. Uh, the pick that I'm going to take this week as the favored the Patriots I mean the New England Patriots are playing the Buffalo Bills this week and the Patriots are favored by 14 points which is an insane number and nobody in their right mind should ever take a team that's favored by 14 points unless they're playing the Buffalo Bills Josh Allen statistically this season by QBR and by quarterback rating is the worst quarterback in the NFL Nathan Peterman is the third worst, and Derek Anderson is the ninth worst. They all stink. They're awful. And without a quarterback, what can you do in the NFL? Nothing. You can't do lickety split. The Bills are going to get torched. The Bills are done. They're cleaning house. It's over. That's it for them. The Patriots are going to destroy them. I would I would guess by at least three touchdowns. If it's only by two touchdowns, then I did my job. Because the Patriots are favored by 14. I would take that. I bet by the time it comes around, I bet the Patriots, you know, the the odds go down to maybe like 12, maybe 10 that they're going to win by. But at 14, I'm eating that pick. I'm eating it up. I'm ordering a side of fries with it. Those are my picks. Redskins as the underdog to the Giants. Stupid. And uh, the Patriots, who are going to light up Buffalo. Those are my picks. I'm going 2-0. That's the end of that. Lewis, who do you got? I will... Go inverse from you. I'll go a favorite first and then hit an underdog. Theme, when we record this, until I'm proven a loser, bet on the Rams, bet on the Rams, bet on the Rams. Their schedule's weak. They can run the ball. So when you get to their games, when you, re- you, know, you really can't air it out like you're used to in September and October, they can run the ball, continue their offense humming. According to Sportsline, they're getting 9.5 over Green Bay. It's a home game. Milwaukee loses again. Take the Rams all the way. Underdog, I'm going with Jacksonville. Wow. Playing the Eagles, defending champs in London. This is practically a Jaguar home game. They go there every year. <laughs> <laughs> I agree with that. You know, they're used to, you know, how things run over there. You know, they're used to the time difference. Obviously, you know, they've probably been over there a couple days. Only favored by three and a half. And, w- and when I look at it, a lot of people going into the playoffs last year didn't really trust Bortles. You know, they kind of counted Jacksonville as, you know, one and done. He got benched last week. I think he's going to step up a little bit in an environment that, like I said, is very much practically one of the Jaguars' home games. I think they could beat Philly. Yeah. I mean, the Eagles are, by no means, the elite team that they were supposed to be this season. So, if <laughs> I'll tell you one thing. If Blake Bortles comes out and has a career game to solidify a starting position against the Eagles... That's when you hit the panic button as an Eagles fan. 
And Blake Bortles, if Blake Bortles were to light you up and cover the spread and actually win this game, that's the time that you go, wow, we may not actually be the team that we wanted to be this season. All right. I saw it, t- I saw, I saw it today on Twitter. The Eagles were talking. Malcolm Jenkins came out and said something, you know, four years ago when they played them. They picked off the Jaguars a couple times. And then that quote made it to the Jaguar press conference, and Bortles just said, Chad Henney played that game. So they hear you. <laughs> they hear you talking, Philly. Boy. Oh, man. Chad Henney was a quarterback at one point in time. Oh, man, that guy. I think Is he still in the NFL? Oh, that'd be hilarious if he was. Get up Mahomes. I think they signed him in KC. No way. Chad Henney, out of all people. Wasn't he the qu- He was the quarterback for... Uh... Yeah, he is. He's in, he is on the Chiefs. He was the quarterback for Michigan when they uh, had their Appalachian State loss. Man, he has not. He has not had a good career. <laughs> he was. He was also with the Dolphins when they had Chad and Chad, him and Pennington. Oh my gosh, yeah. There are not many good Chads out there. You know, Chad Henney, Chad Kelly. Oh boy. <laughs> oh, yeah. Chad Kelly. Yeah. If you have the name Chad Kelly and you're listening to this, change your name. You don't want to have that on you, your conscience. All right, that's gonna that's gonna wrap it up for the night. Uh, Lewis, a pleasure to talk to you as always. Uh, let's do this again next week when we'll both be 2-0 and and we'll both have made amazing picks. And I'll also have figured out this situation in which you can actually hear the intros to these segments so that you can bask in the glory and laugh along with me. And from Schaefer and I, we bid you adieu. Have a wonderful week, and we'll catch you next week on Sports Ball for Millennials.